Hello from Alison and Nav and welcome to Women Build brought to you by World Architecture News. If you're not already familiar with Women Build, this podcast aims to give women in the industry a voice. We speak to female architects, developers and more to find out about the issues that matter, highlight some amazing projects and hear what needs to be and what can be done to support women throughout their architectural careers. So in today's episode, we highlight the work of the all-female team behind the unique Rainer Project, a nine-storey mid-rise boutique condominium designed and developed by women, but for everybody. Every aspect of this project has been run by a woman in a leadership role with the goal of drawing awareness to the significant gender imbalance that exists in real estate development and providing all important role models to encourage more women to enter these fields. We've covered the Rayner project on World Architecture News, so it's worth going onto that article so you can see the amazing images that we have to accompany this podcast. You can do so by searching for Rayner on the website. In this episode, we're going to be speaking to Heather Rolleston and Sherry Lejani. Heather is Principal and Design Director at Quadrangle with 20 years of experience designing, leading and managing award-winning projects in the residential, mixed-use, master plan and commercial sectors. And Sherry is the Managing Partner at Spotlight Development, who joined forces with Taya Cook, Director of Development for Urban Capital, to assemble a team of female experts from a range of industries, including construction, management, architecture, engineering, legal, marketing and sales. But before we get stuck in with that, just a quick reminder about the Female Frontier Powered by WAN Awards. These new awards recognise the remarkable, talented and visionary women of all ages at all levels across the industry on a global scale. They champion best practice, identify new and established talent and celebrate the firms that are supporting these outstanding women, whatever their role. Entries are open until the 4th of December and winners will be announced in April 2021. All the details can be found at wanfemalefrontierawards.com. So thank you very much today to Sherry and Heather who have joined us to talk about the very interesting Rainer building that was built by an all-female team. So perhaps, first of all, Sherry, you could talk to me about what what Rainer is and what was involved in the planning and the putting together and what ideas came together in that building. Hello, thanks for having me on today. So... Reina is a project that is being used to showcase the females that are in the industry, especially the real estate development industry, and have been usually kept uh, behind the scene and they have not been showcased the way we have hoped. And uh, we, you know, my partner Taya read an article in uh, one of the local um, newspapers that uh, was mentioning how our city is being built by the kings of condos and mainly the men in, you know, our um, city. And it triggered sort of in her mind that, you know, why is that the, the case and why are they called the kings of condos and why isn't there any uh, talk of the females that are involved in this industry? So she reached out to me and we decided that we're going to come up with uh, a development project where we gather all the women that we know in the industry and bring them on board and try to do a project where it shows um, other females in the industry that there is an option for 
you know, young girls to potentially pursue this as a career in, in their future or any of the other, you know, careers that our other consultants have in this industry and sort of pursue them as a path for their future. And we sort of gathered all these incredible ladies and we called our project Reina, which means queen in Spanish. Okay. And the Rainer project in itself, what does it consist of? What has been built now? So nothing has been built yet. Uh, we will be breaking ground uh, next fall, fall of 2021. Um, we have gotten our approvals and we've started our sales and we have built our sales center, which is a very unique and different sales center on the current site of the building. However, we haven't started building the actual building. The design stages and the approval process has been uh, going on and we have designed a building that has great amenities, about 200 units, a great outdoor amenities, indoor amenities, and a beautiful building that I think Heather could help me uh, talk about the design a bit of it and give us a little bit of, a, of an idea of how the design came about. I really do think that Spotlight Development, together with Urban Capital, were very strategic in, in not only uh, choosing an all-women team, which, which is, you know, a, a huge accomplishment and statement in itself, but also in the process of, of really um, engaging a lot of community outreach and having just casting as wide a net as possible to try and get really unique ideas for this condominium building. Anything from hosting an event with, I think it was Sherry close to, I can't remember how many hundreds of people, but we had like a giant charrette, basically a huge brainstorming session. Wasn't it 10 tables of, or 13 tables of? It was 17 tables of 10. So we had over 170 people right. at that event. Okay. Yeah. Just brainstorming and, and then a kind of uh, cocktail uh, afterwards where, where people could stroll around and see these giant boards with these really inspirational ideas right down to events where they hosted a student competition for the best idea, went and visited the Girl Guides and did a presentation about, you know, how how empowering it can be. So I, I really think that the, the process and this kind of casting a, a large net to get these ideas really informed this idea of really building a community. I mean, for a long time, the, the kind of trend was a hotel lifestyle in, in a condominium. And this is, this is the exact opposite of that. This is really like this idea of it takes a village and this all women team together with now COVID layered on top of that means we have to hunker down together as a community. And it's great if we actually have very, very practical level of and carefully planned level of amenity within the building to kind of help us through these times. Yes, I mean, I've been reading about it and it sounds like the perfect place to live for a multi-generational family. It does sound like the research that has gone into this has anticipated the needs of a toddler right the way through to perhaps a grandmother who is then looking after the toddler. Examples I've seen are you've got a snack shack, which sounds intriguing, and also stroller parking, ideal. You know, everybody needs somewhere to put the strollers. And also I, th I like the idea that there's a window from the gym. The gym is very much placed near to where the children would also be. So that in itself, I think, do you feel that those elements have come from having 
female team. There were a few things, actually. I, I really like this idea of, of the snack shack that came relatively late into the process. And then also this idea of shared, I guess, small appliances and, and, and things. We all know that condo living can be challenging with respect to storage. And we, we've done our best, but who, who needs, you know, a KitchenAid blender more than 12 times a year? I'm not sure. So there are, there are these types of appliances downstairs that you can kind of sign out. And, you know, something like that is actually a big game changer, I think. So we've touched on the project itself. Now thinking about the team, why did you choose to have an exclusively female team? Well, as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, the, the reason came from the fact that, that women weren't being showcased the way that they were supposed to in the development industry. And the fact that being a female developer wasn't something that, you know, um, was known uh, to many people. And, you know, there is this uh, misconception or this idea that, that um, you know, uh, if you are in the real estate industry, you are only in the real estate industry to sell and buy houses. So we wanted to kind of break that misconception and showcase not only the women who were behind uh, building the condos and developing the, the lands um, in the city of Toronto, but also all the consultants in every different field, you know, soil engineers, architects, uh, project managers, uh, construction managers, you know, electrical engineers, every aspect of the construction industry, you know, we wanted to make sure that we are showcasing them all. And that's how this whole idea came about. So there's gender imbalances across all levels within the industry, not just one specific part. It's everywhere, basically. Definitely everywhere. Because I remember, you know, in one of the conversations that we were having originally with some people, um, you know, there was always the, the conversation of, oh, well, I don't know any female soil engineers. I don't know any females in such and such um, industry. And, you know, it was so nice for us to be able to locate and find females that are running these many of these consultant firms and, you know, are working on different subjects in this industry. And was there any backlash from people who thought that maybe having an all-female team was sexist? Because I know that if it was the other way around, if there was an all-male team, you know, there, there would be some sort of comment. Yes, we for sure did have the backlash and it was expected, but it's always, even the backlash is always something that starts a conversation and um, it leads to uh, the answers that we've had. You know, our goal wasn't to be making this project a feminist project or a feminist movement. Our goal was to show that there are these, you know, all these women working on all these projects and the fact that they have been overlooked. So the goal was to create some sort of conversation and this conversation can always have good or bad comments and you know even even the backlash as we call it was something that we um, took on and you know we we thought of it as something that you know brings up the conversation more and more and it makes people to it makes people have this conversation and discuss it and and realize why we have thought of this idea and why we decided to go ahead and do a project that was all female. I'd like to share two comments that that I personally um, had from from actually both uh, other consultants on other jobs. So a planning lawyer that I was working with said, "Oh, Heather, I've seen I've seen all the press about Reina. I think it's a great initiative." He said, "I feel like the whole world has just done a kind of big exhale." 
And he said, would, would you like to, would you be able to come for like a lunch and learn and give a little, you know, talk about how it came together and also the reaction to it. And then another uh, consultant said to me, same, same start, Heather, I've seen all this press on Raina and all eyes are on you now. So you had better not screw up. Those are kind of two, I found, polar opposite reactions that I've heard. If we had an all-male you know, male team, um, the backlash would have come that, you know, well, why? And don't you think there are professionals in, in the industries in different genders? And shouldn't there be uh, that gender and bias in saying, you know, everyone is welcome? Our goal wasn't to eliminate one of the genders, but our goal was to show that when you sit around a table in a development industry and you see all the men that are running the show, um, to basically showcase that there are all these females. Like Heather has personally been behind many of the condos that are being built in the city of Toronto. And because the developers are usually men in the industry, there might have not been this much of a talk about the project and about the people that were involved in this project. So the backlash wasn't something that more than, you know, people commenting on the fact that shouldn't this be for both genders? And you know what? Uh, in, in a way, this was our way of showing that this industry belongs to both genders and showcasing those uh, that are, you know, behind the scenes usually, you know, creating this conversation. Do you think the momentum is now building on that idea of this is the way to get younger females involved by showing them, giving them, I suppose, in some ways, a mentorship through so that they can see role models fulfilling these roles? 100%. 100%. And I'll tell you why. Because when I was going through school, I was never told and I had never seen anyone you know, in the industry that was a female and that was doing development. And, you know, it's so, you know, to me, it's such a good thing that we get the opportunity to show all the, all the girls in different industries that can lead into potentially doing development in the future, that there is that opportunity out there. And I think this is something that is good for all the industries and not just, you know, real estate development, but all the industries to show that there are other opportunities out there for young girls to potentially go into after they finish their education. Me and Taya personally received a lot of calls with regards to mentorship and, and, you know, talking to young girls, we've realized that they had no idea that, that this is a, a path that they could pursue in their future. That does follow on to my next question, really, is is sort of what are the plans now to take this emphasis out to schools? Do you have an outreach program or are you are you actively speaking with educational establishments? What's the plan? So our plan was sort of built up by the attention and the feedback that we got from the other universities. Like uh, we've been, you know, speaking at different colleges and universities um, as a guest lecturer, talking about our, 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 you know, our history, our background, how we came about doing this project. We, we've also been recording podcasts such as yours or doing interviews for different TV outlets and newspapers. And, and all of those are our way of reaching out to, to the people that are out there. And I think that has been something that we have had um, a great opportunity with. And um, the um, attention that we've received was enormously great and positive. I can say 100% of it. And, you know, this has given us the opportunity to actually follow through with what we thought we wanted to do and what our, you know, what, what our goal was um, with this project. I think further proof to kind of back that up has been that Taya and Sherry have both received phone calls 
people that say, well, where's the next Reina project? Where's Reina number two? I mean, I think there's been so much momentum about the project that people now are just wanting more and they assume already that it is going to be something bigger, which I think speaks speaks loads about it. Mm, and have you got plans to do Raina 2? Well, we are thinking about it. We are not at, uh, at liberty to talk about it at this point because there's a lot of work that needs to be done um, behind the scenes until we are ready to actually discuss and talk about it. But I can tell you that, you know, we we have our team. Um, we have been doing amazing working with the team and there is absolutely no reason for us not to want to have a Raina 2. How and what and where, you know, we still don't know, but, you know, that we are always more than happy and delighted to continue on with this um, concept and move forward. And how's the community reaction been to these plans? Uh, are you talking about the architectural plans? Yes. Great. You know, you know, um, it's interesting because for for many people, many of the things that we have designed in this building and we have made sure that we think about were you know, people were extremely happy to see it because, you know, living in the condos these days and living in confined spaces usually gives people the uh, sort of the idea that, you know, well, you know what, there's this and this and this lacking. And it was so interesting for us to hear from people that they are seeing many of the things that they had, they had seen lacking in other buildings, be, you know, happening in our building. We have even been getting amazing comments and feedbacks on the design of our building and the, uh, the softness and, and the beauty that the building actually the architectural facade of the building has and you know it's been great to be honest with you and you know people can see that when we said it is going to be an all-female team we did sort of hold up to that end and we made sure that there is something different and there's something else to talk about besides just being all females but other other factors that are important for people living in the condos. Mm -hmm. Two other points are that um, during our, our public meeting I will say that there were a lot more positive comments about the architecture. I think people were very happy to see a fabric building with a generous courtyard that was very respectful to the single family neighbors and also a project that was very careful and considered about weaving it into the community. So I think that that was a big bonus for me to not sort of have to defend this project like I have to defend others. And I would also say that sales have been very good too and more careful. I mean, part of it is that you can't have, you know, a big launch party in, in the climate of COVID and people now have to make appointments. But the number of people that, that are rescinding on sales is very low because people have targeted this project. The suites are a little bit bigger than others. And, and I think it's, it's been very carefully planned. So People make an appointment, come to the sales center, and usually the sale sticks. And in terms of next steps and the timeline, when do you expect to have rain up and finished? Our goal um, is to start construction in uh, the fall of 2021. And uh, we are hoping that two years from that, which is 2023, we are ready for occupancy of our building. Again, these times are you know, very different for everyone. Uh, we have set a goal and we have been successful enough to keep all of our goals up to date. But that's our goal and that's our plan. And I, uh, we're hoping that, that that will stay. And have there been any design changes made as a result of the pandemic? I don't think 
there was any design changes, but there were design thoughts that our architects, you know, Heather and her team were, you know, put into this. Uh, One term that's come up several times is actually COVID proof. I mean, just by the very nature of the building form and the many terraces that it has, luckily we hadn't gone out to the market or we're planning to go out to the market with a building that has very few balconies. I know other developers who have done that, and those units simply are not selling. Any bit of outdoor space now is golden, as we've seen during the pandemic. And so luckily, we had many terraces. We had you know, this whole idea of a very kind of tight uh, community that we were building that was underscored by this courtyard and the kind of creativity of uses. And in many ways, we were very well positioned for the big change in the world that we've all experienced. And in terms of the consultation program, which I believe was a year, is that a normal length of time for a consultation such as this? Or did you extend it? It was actually better than we expected because, you know, knowing the municipalities and all the, you know, the different restrictions that they put upon um, a design and development of a building, this was actually a pretty smooth, you know, application. And it went pretty quickly, considering that we even hit the COVID, uh, you know, lockdown period and everything else. And uh, considering all of that, it went uh, you know, as we hoped, um, and we can even say even better. The municipality was uh, all eager to help us, um, you know, work through the little details um, and to get us through the approval. And, you know, uh, thankfully, it was better than we expected. Normally, there, you know, some projects, because of the different things that they might be asking for, they could, la- they could you know, the, the, this process could last a lot longer. But thankfully, it didn't happen for this project. I guess what was different with respect to Sherry's thinking on it was that we know approvals usually take this long. And so in a way, the whole process took advantage of that time by doing all of this community outreach. And I think that the city was quite excited about it. The public was quite excited about it. The press was excited about it. And so all of that just led to a very kind of positive buzz around the project during a time that is usually a kind of wait and see approvals period. Mm, Exactly. I think it it stimulated a conversation that probably needed to be had. Exactly. Well, thank you very much indeed for giving us your time today to give us the insight on Raina. I really wish you all the best with it. Please do come back and tell us how it's going as, as it progresses. We welcome your feedback on the pod. So please aim all your comments at waneditorial at haymarket.com. These podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts. So register, download and join us as we look into the world of architecture from a female perspective, wherever you are.